the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, let's start thinking positively. Success is simple. Do what's right the right way at the right time. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? If you focus on success, you'll have stress. But if you pursue excellence, success will be guaranteed. Don't use that word in my, my business very often. Dream it, wish it, do it. There we go. Okay, so as, anyway, you know, we, we talk about our webpage at the first part of the show, and that's the last advertisement you basically hear from us. And I think it's important uh, simply because of the fact that, um, you know, if you look at what's going on today, you need more information. And uh, we try to provide that on, to you on this show. And uh, I'll just say this. Uh, if you go to WHK 1420, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, it takes you directly to my webpage. There you can get uh, – you know, we talk about the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, the small cap list, whatever. I highly recommend a wealth plan. If you're even – you're not a, a client of ours, uh, look, I had a guy do a wealth plan, and he didn't come with us. Uh, he probably got just beat up this last year, but that's okay. That's his problem, not mine. Uh, and, and now he's calling me back. Okay, because he he understood what I was saying back then uh, was correct. So that happens. Anyway, the uh, the the key here is is that if if you want a wealth plan, whatever that, all, there's all these contact me, email me things, and we send them out. We don't harass you. Uh, people are finding that out the hard time. Oh boy. So uh, I'm going to talk about Lori Calvathena's stuff here in a second. But I, by the way, you know, the list that we have are the the ADR list, which is starting to become prevalent again, dollars slipping a little bit. The the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, we have our large cap, high quality list, and our value list now too, which have done fairly well. And our small cap list is good too. So just, you know, don't forget the family inventory workbook, put all your stuff in one place so that when something happens to you, all they have to do is pick up that document. The other one is the wealth plan, which, you know, believe me, I, I've been – I had uh, uh, some clients in a couple weeks ago, uh, great folks, and, you know, they took their, kid, their kids and their grandkids down to Florida, and they really enjoyed themselves. And I suggest they had enough money to do it again. <laughs> so those are fun conversations to have, and they were great people. So, you know, I, I talked about last week oil reserves were at a 40-year low. And one of the things I think I said, I, I did not listen to this tape again, so I may be making this up. I doubt it, though, uh, is that 
you know, oil stocks are very cheap at that point, okay? And uh, one of the things that I think is important is the oil service stocks, uh, which all pop on Friday. Uh, uh, by the way, the rig count was very bullish, was very, very bullish for the whole group. So this year we had this, you know, we've talked about this before that Rob Schleimer had talked about rotation nation, that the leadership changes rapidly. And as soon as I say something on the air, it seems to have changed, okay? Um, oil stocks broke out Friday. Lots of them. Most of them are oil service stocks that broke out. Um, the other thing that I think that's you know important here, if you look at the advanced decline line of the S&P 500, it looks good. If you look at the S&P, the NASDAQ uh, advanced decline line, it doesn't look so good. Okay, in the aspect, you know, the we call them the mighty seven, whatever you want to call them, are leading. Now, there's a couple things that uh, I think are important. Is the S and P looks a lot better than the Nasdaq? Uh, and by the way, if you look at Tom McClellan's work this week, he has a he goes into a dissertation on that. And uh, so I don't make this stuff up. Um, but the other thing is, China's talking about holding back. Gallium and germanium. Why are they important? Gallium arsenide chips are what run your cell phone as far as the communications thing. What you have is a chip in there that runs all the extra stuff, but the gallium arsenide chip is the chip that brings in the cell, the cell signal. The germanium is also used for everyday chips. Hmm. If they're not there, what happens? All right, so so here we have rotation nation. Okay, um, now the the oil stocks are coming back, and it's kind of funny. I talked about you know oil being at a forty-year, the oil reserves in the United States being at a forty-year low. That was came right out of Goldman Sachs, by the way. And now we have gallium arsenide chips. People have asked me, you know, why aren't you selling the semiconductors? Well, that's why. There's going to be a short if if you know, Chi goes after Taiwan. There's going to be a shortage of chips, folks. And these chip manufacturers are going to go to the moon. Um, so, look, sentiment doesn't look too stretched just yet. Uh, it's getting up there, though. I think, you know, uh, Biden's polling numbers, as I said, have, have stabilized, while DeSantis has lost momentum. That may be a problem. So we see, we'll go see. U.S. equity funds finally turned positive after September was the bottom, basically. Well, we'll call it October. Uh, September was the bottom, and this is the first positive week of inflows we've had since then. So now I noticed that Tom Lee, our friend at Fundstrat, who's you know very good at what he does, I mean, he may be the best, uh, it raised his target to 48.25. All right, so we're getting really close to there. Uh, and you remember, nobody, you know, when he, he was bullish, nobody was with him last year. I mean, the guys at Morgan Stanley, you listen to them, you, you jump off a cliff. So there you go. You got to think about stuff like that when you're, uh, um, you know, in the middle of stuff. Uh, but he, he was talking about his 
super grannies and all that good stuff. And I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, and, and what was really interesting, I thought, was the Bonds and Vicks show signs of rattled investors. You know, the Vicks starting up, Bonds went straight up. You know, so that what you're seeing is we had an inverted yield curve. And what is, what is an inverted yield curve? It just means that the short end has a higher yield than the long end. That usually signals that things are slowing down. It's much less inverted now. You know, the short end's at five, you know, five and a quarter, and the long end's at four, ten. Okay, that I'm just talking about the 10 year. I think the, the 30 years at four, two, four point two. So, and the VIX, which got down to 13, that jumped up to, to almost 17. So, uh, those are some things you got to think about. And look, I thought the June's. Uh, job report on Friday was just soft enough to make people hesitate about raising rates again. Um, and th th there's an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple weekends ago that my son sent me about a lot of people got one ads out and they don't really want you. <laughs> so uh, it will be it'll be interesting to see. And you know, the ADP report took the market down hard uh, on Thursday, and they were very you know, they said the job report was ridiculously strong, and it wasn't. Uh, so ADP has been wrong a couple times in the past. We'll see what happens in, in the future. But, look, you know, one of the things that everybody's been talking about is, um, you know, where are we going? And, and equities, with the S&P 500 up 20% from the October low, I said it on this show that for the last Friday in September, I said it was going to be the low. And, and by the way, like five, six days later, business days later, we had one whoops, and then we came right back, and we were above that low. So I was almost right. <laughs> uh, we're up 20% from the lows. And if you were to listen to the headlines, you'd be, you'd be in trouble. But, you know, when you're up 20% from the lows, that means a new bull market starting. So I think, you know, fixed income market volatility remains very elevated. Uh, because traders weigh the next steps of all the major cent central banks. And if you look, if I look at the TNX, which is the 10-year yield index now, okay? So when yields go up, the bonds go down. It broke a triple top this week, figure chart. That means people think yields are going higher, okay? So I, I think you want to, you know, people say, ah, I don't want to be in the stock market. Well, if yields go up, the NASDAQ is what usually gets hit. With the dollar fading a little bit here, I think it's good for commodity stocks and basic materials. Basic materials have been in fifth place, now jumped to third place this week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, energy popped a couple, uh, you know, got like 45 votes, this, extra votes this week. So uh, keep that in mind. So, you look, the innovation genius of the Magnificent Seven, as, as our friends at Funstrat call them, uh, you know, it, it is is pretty key, and, and that's what's been sending the market higher. You know, these seven stocks that have been very, very – the market's been very, very bullish on. Some of these are up 16 18%. I mean, NVIDIA is up like 90 <laughs> So I think you, you, you got to keep that in mind. So, look, there's some themes out there. They're buying quality tech. Okay, The rest of tech really isn't participating that much. But then there's the, the mission critical, and this is securing supply of critical min minerals. And we've been talking about this for some time now. All right. Uh, it, it's important 
You know, the Chinese are cutting us off from gallium and germanium. That's about 60% of the supply, folks, all right? So the Ukraine and Russia has cut us off from a bunch more. So we're starting to have problems there. The second thing is data centers. You know, with this AI approach, you can spend 150 times earnings for an AI stock, or the data centers are getting interesting. They also need cooling. We've talked about that before. That's another scenario. The other area I think you have, you know, and the, we're talking about themes now. So we have the, the, the Magnificent Seven, as we call them, and we have the mission-critical type uh, uh, called basic materials. So then we have the data centers, and then I think disciplined high quality and value. You know, value pulled back, but they didn't break down. Value is what kept us alive last year, okay? And I thought that was very interesting. So if I look at the equity and fixed income investment environment in the coming months, I think it will likely be tethered to the U.S. economy's fate. So we think a broader perspective is needed. And I think what you have to take a look at is in the near term, we continue to anticipate the market's returns will largely be shaped by what whether the U.S. economy succumbs to a recession or not. The, the bond market is becoming less inverted, which means they probably don't think there's a recession coming, all right? Uh, the, the more inverted usually is the more the recession. Some people think we've been in a recession because we had two, mark, two quarters of you know, uh, subpar growth. But recessions are normally difficult periods for the equity markets. Sometimes the market anticipates the recession. By the time the recession hits, the market's bottomed. Okay, so I, you know, we talked about the year of the bond, and everybody thought they'd be lowering interest rates by now. It hasn't been much of a year at all. And by the way, I, I think the next thing you have to be looking at is preferred stocks. All right, uh, that's that is a group that you know. I, I look if we're looking at the. The one-year average spread, we're just a little bit below it. So it's about 220 basis points or 2.2% above high yield, I mean above the Treasury. And that's usually good. Now, if you look at hybrid fixed-to-float preferred, they're really interesting. So that's the valuation I would talk about. And, and um, you know, so in the bond area, I think is, you know, until you see the whites of their eyes, the long-term bonds are getting interesting again. I, I also like municipals and you know long-term municipals, but the preferreds offer the best deal over the treasury at this point. So just keep that in mind. So the year of the bond hasn't been much of a year at all. <laughs> I'll just say that. Now the other thing, um, I'm supposed to mention that this is a live show. So if you have a question, you can call in here. It's 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. And I think you got to maintain this barbell approach, okay? You know, you have the defensive stocks and your short-term bonds and short-term CDs are the bar. On one side, you have value. On the other side, you have growth. Nobody was talking about oil until I mentioned it last week. Oil reserves at a 40-year low by Goldman Sachs. So suddenly, they're the leaders, all right? Now, I also, you know, I mentioned the Magnificent Seven, why are they the Magnificent Seven? Because they have a lot to do with artificial intelligence. So the artificial intelligence area is, is important. Remember, those chips run hot, very, very hot. And keep that in the back of your mind because, you know, when chips are out there, 
and and you're looking at uh you know hey what do i do how do i keep these cool why not pay 15 or 20 times earnings for a stock that has to be involved and pay 160 times earnings for a company that's already up 85% this year anyway uh you know, once again, I, I highlight the, the wealth plan because, uh, you know, I don't think people are paying close enough attention. You know, these are the times when you really need to have a plan. All right. Remember, we're, we're in a silver tsunami. We're all getting older. All right. And there's, there's several things that happen with when you get older. You get a little bit more conservative, number one. Number two, you get a little less organized. All right. And so if you can put everything together in one package, just imagine if you had family inventory workbook in your in your uh, uh, bank, you know, vault, and you also had your wealth plan on your computer. We could, you know, the one thing about a wealth plan is every time we get together, I could say, hey, look, this is some things that I looked at. Here are some things we can do. And we could do that on playground. And uh, we can take a look at how it affects you without really doing it. So we could say, hey, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I don't want to do this. What a great idea. All right. So look, we got these themes now. Okay. You've got AI, which is coming, whether you like it or not, to a theater near you. You've got uh, mission critical metals. And you've got, you know, as our good friends at uh, uh, Funstrat say, they call them the Magnificent Center. We've got data centers. Uh, become pretty popular, I think. Uh, a disciplined, high-quality portfolio. That's our newest one, as, and well as, as our large-cap value portfolio. I think those are going to be very intriguing over the next couple of years. All right? So, and then, you know, finally, uh, you know, you, you have to be looking, you have to have a little bit of your portfolio, that 5% for the risk-oriented stocks in artificial intelligence. I know all the names. I also know all the uh, ETF. There's there's a lot of them out there, uh, but the good ones, I, I really I track. You know, I, I look at the charts to make sure they're in great shape. And um, you know, Friday we had a lot of uh, a lot of the oil stocks break out. I mentioned last week, oil reserves are at a 40 year low. The Rig count Friday was extremely bullish for the whole group. Uh, extremely bullish for the whole group. Okay, we're going to take a break. Remember, the number here is 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Friends, Bob France here for Sky Roofing, serving the greater Cleveland area for over 22 years. You know, the thing I've come to learn and love about Sky Roofing is about much more than just roof and service quality. Obviously, those things are important, but what I love most about Sky Roofing is the people. And the reason that matters is when you're talking about something as important as roof repairs on your home or your business or needing a new roof altogether, you better be able to trust the roofers. And as I've come to know them, I believe you can trust Sky Roofing to do your job right 
to do it on time, and to do it at a tremendous price. They'll do your house or your commercial, industrial roofing for you, and they'll do it like it was one of their own homes. Get on the website at skyroofinginc.com, request a quote there, or if you've got questions, they've got the answers at 440-349-6750. Learn more about the service, the experience, and yes, the people. That's 440-349-6750 or online at skyroofinginc.com. Take it from me, skyroofing is roofing done right. We call it the fairy godmother moment, that moment when we've fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story. You are. We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, walla kadoodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once over, ensuring your emergency water shutoffs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of why it works fairy godmother moment and our straight talk and do it right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character and we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble-free as possible. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, a little credence there to start the uh, second part of the show off. All right, so this is, um, you know, last week we, we talked about interest rates breaking out, and, you know, we thought we'd have a little bit of correction. I think Thursday was the start of that. So I, I think we're going to have a pullback. Uh, we got some resistance right, ab- right above head, you know, and what I noticed was the advanced decline line for the S&P looked really good. Now, what is the advanced decline line? That's the number of advancers versus decliners. So what you want to see is the reason we've watched that is we want to make sure that if we're going to war, okay, that the generals and the knights and the, you know, and the foot soldiers are, are up there together, not you know, half, the, half the troop back at the uh, barracks smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. Okay, so uh, – the more people that participate, the better. Now, look, um, I, I had this conversation with somebody. They said, why, why did small caps go down so fast in the last two years? You've got to understand that Silicon Valley Bank Corp was not a secret. It couldn't have been because it was an $800 stock a year and a half ago. So that's part of the Russell 2000, and the Russell 2000 broke down hard. In 2021, and we talked about that, okay? We talked about that on this show, all right? It broke down hard. And so it, it was leading the way up until then. And so Silicon Valley Bank Corp broke down from 250, basically zero, all right? But it fallen from 790 to 250 first. And if you look, Zion Bank Corp, which is a high-quality bank, 
you know, uh, out in Mormon country in Utah, was an $87 stock. And it broke, it started breaking down from 50. It's now 28. It's been as low as 22. Okay, so th this didn't happen overnight. The, so when they sell the Russell 2000, because there's 26% of the Russell is regional banks, the other smaller names get whacked too. And a lot of those were biotechs and uh, small software companies and things like that. So when they go down on nothing, you know, they'll, they'll come back, all right? So I just think if you just look at uh, where we are, we're at resistance levels for both the NASDAQ. I'm looking at the weekly charts now and the S&P 500. So I think we'll stall here for a while. And especially with interest rates going higher, that affects the NASDAQ more than it affects other things, okay? So I think we may have that rotation back into our value stocks and our oil stocks and stuff like that. That's what I was hinting at last week. So, uh, look, the S&P and the, and the NASDAQ have had a very impressive rebound going the second quarter. I guess the question is, what will happen going forward uh, to things like the Russell, which has been lagging, okay? So what we've done is we've broken our downtrend line going back to January of 2021 or 2022, and now we're trying to make our way out to a new high. It doesn't happen all at once, okay? Uh, the 10-year broke above a really key level. This The 10-year yield now, okay, broke above a, a very important level, which was 380. And I, I, you know, I believe we finished at a pretty high number, uh, 450, uh, 4.05, I'm sorry. And the 30-year and the was at 4.34. So the point is, is that, uh, you know, you know, you're in a situation where interest rates are rising now, so people are, are starting to worry a little bit. We thought we'd we'd have a, a you know, a series of lower highs on the 10-year yield. It did not happen. Now this goes back to remember I said after 40 years of going down, when you break out of a 40-year decline, the chances of interest rates going back to where they were are slim to none. Okay, uh, it just doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, unless the Fed takes us into depression, uh, which I don't think they want to do. Now, we are, you know, the yields are fairly overbought here. So, I mean, uh, don't be, you know, going crazy, but might be a good time, you know, if you want to buy longer term bonds. You know, 10 year treasuries at 4%, you get a little bit of extra kicker because you get uh, the state tax waived for you. You know, that might be a good idea. All right. Now, I still go back to, uh, you know, if I look at interest rates and I look at the U.S. dollar, continue to think that they may be peaking out, but I, I think it's going to be from, you know, you're going to make a lower high on yields and, and a lower high on the dollar. So dollars slipped back the last three, four, five days. So I, I think, you know, you, you know, what, two weeks now. Uh, it's been down, so you got to keep that in mind. When the dollar goes down, usually commodities go up. That's why I brought up the oil reserves last week. And I think that's important because, uh, you know, I still have a lot of my oil stocks. I, I sold a few, but there was a couple that, you know, pulled back that I think might be really interesting that are, you know, there's a thing called the dome in, in most oil fields. And the dome is important 
because that's where if you get oil on that dome, I think all those stocks have been taken over <laughs> in every oil field I've ever been, you know, I've ever heard that's been discovered. If it was on the dome, all those stocks got taken over. So, but remember, we have this 16 to 18 year generational cycle, and we just started, I think, in 2016. So here we are in 2000, you know, 2023, but we probably have the 2034 before the it's, it's the end. Now, look, there are bear markets in bull markets, right? You look at the, the 80s bull market. We had 1987. We had 2000. We had 1998. You know, so these were all 20% declines, okay? So it does happen. But I think the key is the four-year cycle. We got to talk about that because the four-year cycle is something to you know consider when investing. It's a repetitive cycle. You know, you you have a four-year low that develops usually in the fourth year, which we're in, and next year's an election year. Now, wouldn't it be interesting? Uh, I don't think Biden's going to going to buy oil for the oil reserves during an election year. Just ain't going to happen. All right. Hopefully we don't go to war because that would be a real bummer. But look, the, the momentum, the four-month over the 13-month momentum indicator uh, has perked up. And it, it's pretty overbought short-term uh, as compared to normality. Now, back in 2021, it was really overbought, okay? Just like last year, it was very, very oversold. So we'll see what happens. But the four month has crossed over the 13 month, which is usually a bullish scenario. Uh, it stays that way, it'd be even better. And if I look at the relative performance of the S&P 500 versus bonds, so I'm looking at relative strength, the, the stocks have broken out. So we'll see what happens. But we did hold the uptrend line dating all the way back to the bottom in 2009, which is important. Now, we had an undercut in 2020. Uh, due to the pandemic, but uh, I think the key, there's a couple keys. Number one, interest rates are breaking out. Dollars kind of fading back, which means that commodities probably do a little bit better. But the bullish sentiment has improved. It's not an extreme yet, but it, you know we're at 41% for the AAII bullish poll. That's the American Association of Individual Investors. And the bearish guys are only at 27. They were up at 60 just uh, three, four months ago. I, I thought most people were ready to slit their wrists, as what it sounded like. Uh, but we still have this 10-year yield problem where, you know, in 1980, it hit 14%, uh, 15%, and we've been in a downturn making a series of lower highs, and we broke through that. Do we go back? I think not. That's Tim's opinion. Nobody else's, by the way. And we are seeing the headline CPI year-over-year -year percent change. We went from 9% to 4% in less than uh, a year. So that's a big positive. So uh, the 10-year yields are up. We'll see what happens from here. The dollar, you know, is on, on a monthly basis is over overbought right now. So, hey, let's take a back, uh, break, and we'll be right back. The number here is 216-901-0945, and we'll be back with a bullish percent. Stay tuned. We call it the fairy godmother moment, that moment when we've fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story. You are. 
We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, while it could doodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once over, ensuring your emergency water shutoffs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of why it works fairy godmother moment and our straight talk and do it right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character and we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble-free as possible. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers. We can help you understand the disease. And give you tips for living a better life. Find your answers at Parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Better lives together. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and I uh, hope you're having a great day. Let's <laughs> work that way. Uh, you know, I was looking at things, and uh, I got to go over this again. I looked at the TNX, which is the 10 year Treasury Yield Index. And it's a beautiful chart. Okay, it broke a triple top this week. So when yields go up, usually NASDAQ stocks don't look so good. Okay, I'm just going to emphasize that. Um, But in the meantime, we do have Dan on the line. Dan, how are you? Oh, Stan, I'm sorry. Dan, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, No complaints. What's up? I I, I have a question. Everybody keeps talking. I mean, a lot of people talking about a coming recession. I mean, but nobody's ever really speaks about the first quarter, uh, first and second quarter of 22. They're both down GDP. Wasn't that, I mean, by definition, the recession? Well, we've had two straight quarters of below. I mean, you know, GDP has been below growth. So, you know, it's. I would suggest that we probably had a recession. Nobody knows about it. But, you know, that's why maybe, uh, Stan, we're seeing – you know, this rotation in in the leadership is that uh, things look really good all, and then all of a sudden the orders die. Bingo. You know, that group's out. It's like, it's like uh, you know, oil led, led the way for a couple of years there. And, and back in January, oil just died because of China. All right. Basic materials and industrials were the same way. Boom. They just died. Now, th- those stocks are starting to look good. You know, there's one industrial that I thought looked really, really good, and I, I think these guys that are in the data center group 
you know, uh, the cooling area looked fantastic. So I just think you're seeing rotation from one group to the other because there's a bit of weakness in their orders. So, yes, your answer is correct. I mean, your question is correct. I think we've probably seen or heard the uh, recession. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. So, um, by the way, once again, the number here is uh, 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. So, the bullish percents at 52, still in the column of X's, still looks good, I think. Uh, the the over-the-counter index is at 37 in a column of X's, and, and that's a really good place to buy. So the small caps are an area where I think you really got to pay close attention to, and they may be leaders going forward. That's uh, my humble opinion. Uh, so, you know, that it, you should pay attention. And then the world index is in a column of X's too. So what's the bullish percent? The bullish percent is simply a, it was designed by some protégés of Charles Dow, you know, the Dow theory. What they wanted to do is be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So basically they had a chart from zero to 100. When things get over 70, that's the red zone. That's when things are too hot to handle, okay? When it gets below 30, that's the green zone. That's when nobody wants to talk to me and I'm not invited to Christmas dinner, you know? And uh, so we get a column of X's. The offensive team's on the field. When the column of O's comes out, we're on the defensive team. Now, just because you're going to column of O's doesn't mean you have to sell your portfolio. Usually when you have the problem is when it was over 70. Remember, back in 2021, I talked about we're going from 80 to 60, 70 to 60, 78 to 60, 76 to 60, 74 to 60. That's a series of lower top, folks. I didn't have an idea for my clients for most of the year, other than I bought oil. <laughs> so uh, this this is a pretty good place. 50 is a pretty good place to be buying things. 37 on the small cap area is a little bit better, but I think you have to be patient in small caps. So uh, – Look, home construction has been leading the way. Uh, technicals have been leading the way. Uh, you know, I, I have home construction. I actually bought home construction way back during – well, let's put it this way. I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, semiconductors, technology, uh, I think industrials are starting to turn again. Oils – I mean, oil services, which is what I suggested uh, in January, would be the place to go. Uh, are turning turned hard Thursday, very hard. A lot of classic breakouts, you know, out of a uh, a, a, a basing pattern. So it's very very good. I think the bigger names are better. Uh, some people like the smaller names. Um, they're smaller for a reason, I think. Uh, you know, there's there's several you know names that were in the paper way back in the 2000s that were 150, 160. They're now seven eight dollars. There's a reason for that. They got debt coming out their ears. Uh, so, you know, you want to stay, I think, with quality right at the moment until we see the whites of the Fed Reserve's eyes. But if we look at dynamic asset level investing, which is relative strength investing, folks, technology is number one, industrials number two, basic materials moved up to number three, consumer non-cyclicals or staples, number four, and consumer cyclicals. Now, those are the favored sectors with technology industrials being the most favored, healthcare comes next. And then down at the bottom is real estate and energy. 
Remember what happened? You know, we talked about that last uh, two years ago. Energy was dead last with basic materials, and energy went full trip. And now real estate's uh, down. And remember, communication services was dead last. That's that's Metaverse and all those names. And now they've come streaking up. I mean, Metaverse was $88 now. It's $250, $280, I think now. So uh, you think about real estate. Think about energy. If you're, if you're a value-oriented player, if you're a growth or a buy-high, sell-higher guy, look at technologies and industrials. It's that simple. Uh so, you know, some interesting things occurring out there, and I think it's important that, uh, you know, you, you pay particular attention to some of this stuff because, it's, you know, it, it can become uh, self-fulfilling, shall we say, uh, if we do this the right way. So um, a lot of people uh, don't do the charts. They do it completely on fundamentals. Fundamentals change, okay, and just remember that they they change uh, very very quickly, okay. So, what do you do after the market's up? You know, you're you're looking at ten, fifteen percent. Uh, some people are sitting on their hands still. The amount of money on the sidelines is significant. Now, based on what I'm seeing. I would raise my price target up to the 47, 4800 level along with, I think Mark Newton do that. I think Rob Schleimer did that. And I think uh, Lori Calvacina has done that too now. So um, look, I, I still think the risk on sectors look the best. Uh, technology, industrials uh, look really good. Oil has been going sideways. Okay, they had the breakout. Now they're going sideways again. That's a good thing. Uh, I think there's probably a good chance for a consolidation between now and September. Um, and, you know, that's the way it goes. And uh, you probably get that same, you know, after Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving through, uh, you know, the first week of December, you also get, get the consolidation. If I look at the charts, I would suggest that's the case. But remember the four-year scenario. Every four years, we have these cycles that go on within the big cycle. So it's the four-year cycle starts 2024. Happens to be an election year. What a surprise, huh? So people keep asking me about, you know, what's going on with the dollar. Well, the dollar's pulled back for a couple of weeks now, which usually means commodities are getting ready to go, um, and we'll see what happens. But uh, that should also help emerging markets. When the dollar's pulled back, you know, you, the emerging markets should do pretty well. I, I think India leads the way, um, but I expect a rebound out of Latin America. And maybe China. I don't know. China is. We'll, we'll see. But you know, you can use the ETFs for that if you like. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at yields, and they're they're right where they they need to stop. Okay, there's they've broken out. There's a bit of resistance above them. So if they don't, we we have a problem. But look, the S&P normally continues to gain after the first half's up more than ten percent following a negative year. I mean, it's like 82% of the time is the win ratio. So it should be a good second half, I think, but it'll be a choppy second half. Now, if if I look at the uptrend line on the S&P, it lays right around 4,200. So what we could do is go sideways, assuming the interest rates don't go too high, uh, until we get back to that up, you know, the uptrend line. Now we have another uptrend line 
that's around 4,400. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, look, there's some bearish divergences going on right now. Um, you know, like the RSI is, is trending down. You don't know what an RSI is. <laughs> I don't think you should be managing your own money. Uh, the QQQ has gotten very overbought. Uh, so I think um, the upside momentum is very strong right now. So we'll just keep that in mind. I don't think it's the end. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes people get afraid of heights when you have a, a, a stock market rally. All right. That's not what you should be doing. What you should be doing is looking, hey, how much higher are we going to go? Remember what I told you, you know, when you look at the long term from the bottom to the top, it's usually 2,300% after a huge bear market. And I'm talking about the, you know, the bottom in 29, the bottom in, in 72 or 75, I guess it was, uh, and the bottom in, in 20, uh, 2009. So from 2009 up to 2,300, well, to 2,000, it'd be 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. We're at 4,500. Long way to go, folks. Long way to go. So don't don't get crazy. The volume is light, and um, it, it it might have been lighter during the March May, you know, sideways consolidation. It did pick up a little bit in June, but it was it was light. So, you know, look, uh, a few stocks have been. Uh, carrying the market, but now it's, we're getting more participation. Hey, let's take a break and we'll be right back with the insiders. This is Smart Investor Show. You got a question, 216-901-0945. Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 630 here on AM 1420, The Answer. The Flatline describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Flatline with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 630 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. Brandon Tatum tells California... It's time for a breakup. It's almost like the voters of Gavin Newsom and many of these Democrats have Stockholm Syndrome. It's like you, the abuser is abusing you and you begin to turn in his favor. Listen, California, you're getting abused. The taxes are out of control. Gas prices are out of control. And they're trying to take away all your rights. Why are you still with that man? The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back, folks. Uh, you know, we, we always talk about the insiders. So what we've done is we've talked about these general themes, okay, uh, which we can provide you with all the information you want on those if you like. Uh, and then we move our way down from strategy to more technical an analysis. And then we just talk about insiders. Insiders are simple. When they buy a lot, you should pay attention. I mean, these guys got, you know, they got the balance sheet in front of them, okay? So... 
don't be, uh, you know, uh, dumb enough not to pay a little bit of attention here. So I look for uh, guys that have bought quite a bit. And I did notice that uh, we did have a kind of a dry up this last week in the insider buying. All right. Now, these, these guys usually are early. All right. But we look for guys that buy big. Now, uh, Black Diamond Therapeutics, you may recall, back in December, we had these guys buy, same guys, and uh, the stock was about a buck. It's now uh, $4.41, so they were right on their buy. And it's a director uh, who bought a million shares, so he now owns $4.4 million. And then RA Capital Management, which is pretty smart money, they bought 935,850 shares, and they have 3.2 million. So we wonder. I hope there is right from the the dollar fifty level to the 440 level is this time around. And then the Children's Place, which uh, the president and CEO Jane Elfers bought 43,000 shares, or about a million bucks worth, and she she already owns about uh, 320 or 330,000 shares. So that's always a good sign when you see that type of thing happen. Now, um, now, uh, IGMS, which is I, IGM Biosciences, you may recall the Red Mile Group bought about uh, about 15 weeks ago, and uh, the, the the stock actually went lower. So that you know their cost was 942, I believe it was like 10 and some change when they bought it last time. So they bought 80,000 shares, which is only 750,000, but they do now own 2.9 million shares. And then I, um, a couple things, Walgreens, uh, Boots, uh, you know, this company's had a hard time. It and CVS both have been getting beat up. And uh, I, I think it's interesting. We had, you know, just two weeks ago, uh, an insider buy at Walgreens. And, uh, you know, now we have another insider. And uh, this guy's president of the U.S. healthcare division. and. Uh, you know, so a second buyer uh, only bought 5,000 shares, but, you know, I just thought it was a second buyer was important. And then we had Alliance Entertainment Holding Company, which was a $6 stock, now two, a $3 stock. We had the chief executive officer, executive chairman, two directors, all buy about 83,000 shares. That makes it up to about a million four uh, total uh, as far as they're concerned. So quite a few names out there. Uh, uh, out there buying and just leave it at that, right? Now, um, some people have basically uh, asked me, um, <laughs> you know, what what do we do now? Uh, and I, I just think I would continue to buy the dips, right? Uh, I think you know, 2024 is going to be a big year. Um, I think, you know, that we're starting to see inflation get tamed and um, people, you know, are not believing that, which is good. Right. I don't even think the Fed believes it. All right. So uh, but if you look at the uh, the numbers Friday, they were pretty much, you know, wishy-washy. I mean, there was some. Um, the The unemployment rate went up. All right. And. But the, the wages went up, too. So we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, employment services led to declines in employment. And I thought that was interesting. This is a sign the labor market is softening. 
since temp, uh, temp staffing is also failing. Okay, and that's, that's an area that you gotta pay it to. Gains were in amusement parks, family services, hospitals and government, and laundry. I don't know what laundry is, but I don't know. Uh, so I just think it's important that, uh, you know, manufacturing goods, uh, IK goods producing in June was, was plus 0.5%. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, the wage growth in the services slowed sharply, and I think that's what's important because that's been the area that's been going nuts. Um, you know, look, I don't think we're in the clear yet, okay? You know, we're not in a raving bull market yet, okay? Uh, you know, but a, a move above 4460 would probably send us to 4500. Remember I said a move above 4190 would send us to 4325, and we went there in a hurry, which surprised me, by the way. Uh, but the, the the dollar decline it looks meaningful at this point. Um, that, that should, you know, gold and silver are oversold, so there should be a little bit of pop in those. Um, and maybe the foreign stocks will, you know, are bottoming and may turn around. Um, it, it was a down week, and and so. You know, we suggested last week that the interest rates breaking out would be a problem, especially for the NASDAQ, and I think it's going to continue that way. So uh, now, what would I suggest? I would suggest a couple of things. And, and this is important, I think. Uh, you know, dividend growth and prime the prime income list have not participated as much as we'd like them to. Uh, it's been generally the Magnificent Seven going up. And now we're starting to see a little bit, you know, the lower end of the S&P 500 is starting to turn up. Uh, but dividend growth, remember, dividends are still 47% of the return of the S&P 500 over the last 75 years. I don't think that's going away, folks. So I believe you buy yield when it's up. So if the stock goes down, what happens to the yield on the stock? It goes up. So those two lists, I think, are really good ideas. With the small caps getting beat up because of the, the, the banks getting beat up, remember, they don't just sell the, the, the bank ETF. They sell the Russell 2000 because it's 25%, 26% regional banks. So when they beat these up, they beat up all the other stocks, and there's no real bid for any of the other stocks. So, you know, they just sell them. Remember, the problem with an ETF is, if you buy a million shares of the Russell or the, let's say, the NASDAQ composite or, or the Dow, when you sell those, the guy who made the ETF has a very short period of time to fill the order. I mean, we're not talking hours here. We're talking minutes. So keep that in the back of your head uh, when you're buying those things because it, it kind of screws up your chance of uh, having the ability to you know, use a stop. On, a, on an ETF. Anyway, the point is we have several themes. Let's go over those again. Uh, mission critical uh, minerals, okay? We have the Magnificent Seven. We have data centers. We have disciplined high quality and, and high co quality value. And then I think, you know, uh, you know, on the fixed income side, preferreds make a whole lot of sense and the short-term, you know, the short-term bonds look uh, much better. So, those would be the areas I'd stay with. In the meantime, have a great weekend. And remember, don't forget the Family Inventory Workbook or the Wealth Plan. You just go to my webpage at WHK1420. 
go to local podcasts down there. It goes directly to my webpage. Hit the contact me or email me that while you're there, hit the insight banner. Uh, there's our bulletin board has, a, you know, has Rob Schleimer's group every week, uh, roadmap it's called. But the insight has two new articles this week. Good stuff to read. In the meantime, have a great weekend. My name's Tim Hayes. This is the Smart Investor Show. And remember, buy low to sell high. for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.